Hello, and welcome to the June installment of Marvel Monthly. It's me, Cole. And today with me I have... And me, Tim. 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 Today on the slate, me and Tim are reviewing Marvel's MODOK TV show that they made for Hulu. And then Luke and Spencer will be tackling the first three episodes of Loki. Before we get started, Spencer should put in the time codes in the description. As long as they weren't bombed away in the second episode of Loki. Hopefully that wasn't included in a apocalyptic event. Who knows? This may be an apocalyptic event by the time it gets released. Or maybe there's an apocalyptic <laughs> event next time. Anyways, uh, Tim, as usual, what have you been marveling this, this month? Uh, really not much. You've been pretty busy. I watched... Yeah, I've been very busy. The other night, I've obviously been watching Loki, and uh, the other night, I watched Avengers, the first one, and then right after that, I watched the second episode of Loki. Nice. Which was quite interesting, watching those back-to-back. Of course. Uh, Yeah, I would have done it. Yeah, because they they really lead right into each other. Yep. Yeah, I would have. I thought about doing that, and I just didn't feel like it. Well, and then that's basically all I've been watching. Awesome. Well, as for me, I read my first Marvel comic book, which we aren't going to get into uh, into a lot right now. Yeah. But I read the Infinity. Which Gauntlet. one did you say you got? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Something I've always wanted to read, I, but I haven't read this one yet. But I um, recently got a. A uh, comic called The Shadow. I don't remember what publication company it, it's from. Oh, gotcha. But he has a tie-in with Batman. Huh. Um, so, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I'm excited to read that one. Oh, interesting. I'll have to look it up. Where you can... I also I also got a uh, Savage Dragon comic. Nice. I, I bought another comic, hoping to get it signed, but that didn't happen. Yeah. I didn't read it. Anyways, I wasn't going to read it anyways. I was just going to get it for the sole purpose of being signed, and I didn't get it signed. But that's a story for another day. So, yeah, let's jump right... All right, let's jump into this. Let's jump into it. So, MODOK, Season 1, uh, Hulu. I think the thing that stands out to me the most, which it has its goods and bads, was the cast. The cast was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really thought Patton Oswalt was a really good MODOK. Yes, he was. He is perfect for it. One of my favorite bits is when he takes a selfie, and it's actually Patton Oswalt's face <laughs> in the MODOK yeah. suit. That was so funny. But yeah, you've got a lot of... You, there's Nathan Fillion, plays a small role. What? Who did he play? I think he played Wonder Man. Oh. Oh, I think I knew that, yeah. Um... John Hamm is Iron Man. Yeah. And then Amy Santiago from Brooklyn Nine-Nine was his daughter. Yeah. And then there's... there's that was a weird one. That was a weird one. But there's um, a ton of others. The the lady who played Monica was is someone important, too. Yeah. I, don't remember, I don't remember who. Well, that's nothing that a little um, bit of Google. Yeah, the, I think the cast was really good. And so when this was announced, there were, like, three other shows that they were going to make for Hulu. Uh, one was Howard the Duck, 
I think one of them might have been Moon Knight originally, but that's going to be released on Disney Plus now. Oh, and yeah. Then, I think one of them was like the Dazzler or something like that. Uh, it's Moon one. So I'm not entirely sure why this was released on Hulu and not Disney Plus. I think maybe just to separate it because this is not a MCU show as far as continuity. Also because of kind of the adult the adult content <laughs> that's in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just this for no reason really most of it. There was yeah, there was no reason for most of the adult content in this. But you know what I liked it. I liked a little bit of a I like it. I like the comedic take on Modok. Yeah, because so he's someone I so can this never was definitely seen. not a show to watch for the story. <laughs> no, um, and I, I came in with the wrong expectation. Oh no! I watched two episodes and I was like, oh, I can't do this. Oh man! I, uh, and then I finally got back on. It took me a while to finish it. <laughs> That's fair. But, like, it's really just a show designed for like short comedic bits <laughs> i think kind of forgettable comedic bits too but they were kind of funny in the moment too there honestly besides that the one scene where it was Patton oswald's face in the modok suit there's really only a handful of other comedic things that really stood out to me and and honestly some of those were the names of the episodes <laughs> There were there were a few moments that I was like, "Hey, that was pretty funny." I'm gonna try and remember that, mm-hmm. and then I quickly forgot. Yeah, but th- they were really funny in the moment. Yes, they were. And so one of the things that's, that I thought was weird about this show, because Modok, the mental organism designed only for killing, the first episode really threw that in your face that that was what his name meant. Mm-hmm. But in in the comics and the animated shows and every form of media where Modok is in, uh, he's he's kind of, I don't want to say a formidable opponent, but he's very serious about trying to take over the world. And so he's the leader of AIM. And in, in this, he has, he's, it really focuses more on Modok as a family man, which is, has never been a thing in comics. Which is great. It took me a while to kind of adopt that idea. (laughs) But at the same time, I really, really love Lou's character. Oh, Lou, played by... Lou is one of my favorite characters in this show. Ben Schwartz. That's the other big one. Ben Schwartz, um, he was uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, and he was a... I did not know that was Ben Schwartz. Yes, that was uh, John Ralphio from Parks and Rec for you fans. (laughs) Yes, Lou is my favorite character in the whole series. Um, so, speaking of Lou, my favorite episode was the one that was kind of all about Lou, wherein he goes to Asgard. <laughs> that was the funniest episode out of the whole season. What do you think, Tim? I, I mean, I think I think that one showed... I, I, I think it was decent in humor... I think that one showed more of Modoc trying to reconcile with his son. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have a favorite episode. <laughs> That's okay. It it was Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> overall, 
I think it was kind of hit or miss. I think there were like moments. There were good. That moments. were hits. Yes. But I don't think I could. Like that's that's why I think it's hard for me to pinpoint my favorite episode because I think each episode had a few funny moments, mm-hmm. but but there wasn't like one episode where I was like, oh, man, that one I'd watch that one again. Yeah, that's fair. Well, and also something kind of weird about this this uh, show, like everything. I mean, it was it was basically made in the style of Bad Robot. Well, so like every every kind of character was kind of like. A caricature or a parody of their actual character so uh, and so some of them were good like they were they brought in obscure comic characters mm-hmm. and it was kind of fun to see some of them they brought in arcade <laughs> and then arcade just basically blasted himself out of the ceiling that was and it was like i'm a robot or am i and then we saw fiend fang foom just serving meals and, and then but like, the the uh, I guess spoilers. The main bad guy, I guess, Hexus, the Living Corporation. But <laughs> what? Like, there was I don't know what happened to them. Yeah. Him, it. It was just. I guess that might have been a uh, a lead-in for season two, maybe. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, there was another lead-in to season two. Well. Where Modok just killed Modok, but then Modok. Just killed Modoc's family, maybe, probably, and then Modoc was like, "No, I want to save my family," but so there was yeah, a bunch of Modoc stuff drama, but so it was just all a lot of the characters' bad guy moments were just kind of throwaway. Yeah, but I think that was just kind of the style of it. Yeah, so it's actually Seth Green who made Robot Chicken as a co-executive producer on this. So that's oh, kind of really? why it has some of those robot chicken vibes to it. Just a fun fact. Yeah, I didn't know that. So what do you think what do you think about a season 2? Do you think it'll be picked up for another season? Do we really want I mean, another I, season? <laughs> I don't know how much this cost to make. That's fair. I I don't think it was I don't think it was promoted well. No. Or um I don't really think it was received very well either. So I think if the if the, it gets another season, it will depend on how much it was it cost to make. Mm-hmm. I think if if there's another season, I would watch it, but I wouldn't like look forward to it. I'd I'd look forward to it. I had a good enough time with it that I'd be like, shoot, yeah, I'll watch another season. Yeah. All in one day, maybe not. And I didn't do this all in one oh. day. I spread it out yeah. over like a week. Yeah, a week. Yeah. But I I had enough fun with it. They poked just enough fun and brought in a if you bring in enough obscure comic book characters that'll make me laugh, I'm in. Oh, also speaking of uh characters, what did you think about how they treated Super Adaptoid? <laughs> Oh, Super Adaptoid made me laugh. He was one of those... You felt sorry for him. But I know he's supposed to be like a super bad A in the comics and in other media, but he was literally just a household appliance. And yeah. I thought that was... Like he was called Toaster, and he yeah. just turned into a, a, a van at one point. 
I thought that was I, at first I hated what they did to him. But by the end, I was like, hey, that's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. The, I, like, when uh, when he apologized for betraying them, and they're like, no, you always betray us. That's why we always reset you. I was like, okay. Okay, that's, I like it. Uh, it's just, they went from left, from, they just went totally left field with all these characters, and it was great. Yeah. As well as introducing, obviously, a ton of new characters. But Super Adaptoid, I thought he would play a bigger part, but kind of, given that there wasn't, like, since it's not story-driven, they couldn't really give him a huge part, which is okay. Yeah. Oh, ooh. what'd you think of uh, Austin character? That was the uh, social media dude, right? Yeah. And I didn't like him. Oh, he was the one that got combined I, I, with I the mean, dog. Yeah. He was like a like a grade A prick at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I hated him. But then toward the end, I disliked him more and I wanted him to be a prick again. <laughs> uh, so I guess I didn't really like him. I hated <laughs> him. Out of all the characters, I hated him the most. I guess one other complaint that I kind of had was... They really degraded Modok's character in that kind of slump at the end. And I didn't like that. Where he was just an employee of AIM. And he was okay with it. Mm -mm. Yeah, and then he created the new company that was AIM 2. Yes. With just Monica. And it was just science for just science's sake. That gave me some uh, Michael Scott paper company vibes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it was a weird character thing for him, too, because I was like, I mean, it just, it, it's not MODOK yeah. from the comics. Like, MODOK is a evil guy. It's terrible. But. Oh, but I loved Gary. Gary? Oh, yeah. Gary. <laughs> Poor Gary. The one-armed AIM agent. <laughs> Can you open this for me? Uh, I can't. <laughs> Goodness. That moment. When uh when Grumble reassigned uh reorganized the structure of AIM mm -hmm. and Gary became the fire safety leader <laughs> and then he's like oh but I love fire I love fires <laughs> give me more well overall how many giant heads would you give this ooh or how many I'd, no I'd not giant heads how many lose would you give it. Ooh, <laughs> I that almost raised <laughs> raised it to another raised loo just because of that. Oh, oh. Uh, I would say like I don't want to cut a loo in half. Do it, do it, just because they do half. it. Yeah, do a half a loo. Yeah. Uh oh, actually, I'll do six loos and half a big head <laughs> that was torn apart by Jody. That's fair. I'll give you I'll give you seven whole loos. Seven whole loos. But that means one loo won't have a loo friend. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Golly, why is that so sad? <laughs> Cause Lou is such an uplifting character. Guys, if you haven't watched this yet, <laughs> go watch it. Just for Lou. He's Modoc's like, son. I would be okay if if they made a comic series about Modoc, 
<laughs> and included Lou and Melissa. But mainly just because I want Lou. We'd read it. We'd buy yeah. their entire stock. <laughs> I'd buy their first copy just to read it, but also for collector's value later. For 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 sure, for sure. <sighs> I just, you know what? Okay, that'll, we are going to... That'll be my la- final thing about it. I hope we get a season two for more Lou. Yeah, yeah. More Lou or no more seasons. And if Lou's not in it, not watching it. Yep. And with that, we are going to pass it off to Spencer and Luke as they review Loki. Welcome to Marvel Monthly. This is Spencer, of course. I'm joined by my good friend, Luke Fournay. Hello there. If you'll remember, older listeners will remember that Luke was my guest for the Thor movies. I don't know if that was as much of a motivation to bring him on as much as I just wanted to. It's been a bit since he came on You know, non-Star Wars content. Be a little bit of both. A little bit of both. A little bit of yeah. both. And then, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so we... Last time I was with you, Spencer, uh, we were talking about Thor, the the good Thor, and now we're talking about Loki, the the good but very confusing Loki. Yes, it's his motivations have been all over the place, and he, he is a protagonist, I would say. Oh yeah, and he it works, but he I don't know, he's just old habits like, die hard. Yes, very much so, and I think. Something I like about this show is that they do stick to his character. Like he mm. doesn't do things that are out of character just to be a good guy or something. Right. Looking at like other antiheroes in media, like like Venom would be a good example, I think. Like the movie. What did you think about Loki when you first heard that they were making it? Well, I can tell you that I didn't imagine that the story would be anything like this. I kind no. of had assumed that it was going to be that Loki didn't actually die whenever Thanos had killed him. But I guess we already I still have my doubts I guess, about that. I guess he already knew we already knew that um he stole the Tesseract in Endgame and ran away. So if I had thought more about it, I probably would have thought, okay, we'll follow we'll probably end up following that Loki and not the Ragnarok Loki. But yeah, I don't know. if it, As for what you just said, though, about still have doubts about Loki's death in Ragnarok, or not Ragnarok, at the beginning of Endgame. Pretty close. Um, it's like the same thing. At the beginning of Infinity War, actually. I, I think, well, at least the TVA seemed to think that he died then. Because yeah. the film ends there in the first episode. I, I had my doubts about it a ton when it first happened. Because Loki dying just... I mean anything. I didn't think he'd come back in Infinity War and Endgame. You though, I was just saying like, oh, he'll probably come back somehow. Yeah. Oh, like yeah, he definitely. He he does things like in the comics we were talking about. I think on the last episode where he just like made a little deal with Hela. So he's like, uh, let's just write my name out of the Book of Death. Yeah. And so <laughs> just um, they do that. Like that. 
Yeah, so he dies, and then he just gets reincarnated as a boy, mm. which is not something in Norse mythology usually. But right. So he he's known to do stuff like that. Uh, I had another theory that because he did a valiant death, like for Asgard, he would go to Valhalla, and. To me, at least, at least in Marvel comics, you can just kind of walk out of Valhalla and go back to the land of the living. Yeah. Yeah. And I would like to see that, but I don't think we will anytime soon. Nice. Then I had, then my doubts kind of went away when the TVA showed his death. And I was like, well, if the TVA says that's the end of his timeline, then that's, that's pretty much it. Right. But then well, now I'm like, is the TVA all powerful? Mm-hmm. And if they're not, they could be wrong. Right. And especially since TVA is also, like, at least in what has been established so far, if we're going to trust it all entirely, which we might not should have. Um, But the way that TVA works is that they're figuring out the future, like, concurrently with some time in the sacred timeline. Or something like that. I don't know. It's a little bit wibbly wobbly there because timey wimey stuff. Yeah, exactly. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey. Um, because Mobius talks about how they're untangling the future, but it's like, and, and at what point are they un- un- unentangling? Is it before the sacred timeline ever truly like begins, or? I don't know. I think it might be one of those things where there's actually not an answer because it probably isn't true what's ha- what they're saying. But then there's like other things like why are they taking in variants over like timeline changes that don't matter? Like or timeline changes that are so slight and things like that. Also, I should have said before spoilers for Loki, oh. but like if you're yes. here, you know what you're getting into. Yep, yep, yep. This is Loki 1 through 3, so... Yep, yep, yep. I I think there's going to be some giant curtain that just falls over. Not Maybe not next episode or, or maybe in the finale, but we'll learn. We're already learning some things that aren't true with the TVA as it is, and the timekeepers are so elusive, slash if they even exist. So... Yeah. And even I the existence, we don't know. even the existence of the TVA like city type thing, isn't even necessarily certain because we've not seen anything over there. Not only that, but we have like we have examples of people who, at least self-reportedly, they say that they've never left their desk. And yeah, like there's that one guy in the first episode who doesn't know what a fish is. Um, and that so, guy was great. Yeah, he's great. He was in um, Mandalorian as well. Um, oh, I think so. Look at that. He was he was one of the villagers in that um, the one where he has to defend a villager man ATSD. Anyways, um, let's uh, let's go uh, let's go back into let's go to episode one. Right. Yeah, we don't have to go over it beat for beat, but I, I did feel you you watched WandaVision, right? Uh, part of it. I did not finish it. Oh, okay. Well, there's like, they don't reveal anything for like so many episodes. And then there's two episodes left. And so they're like, well, now we have to have a sharp hand of exposition. And so that's pretty much all that the second to last episode is, is just a smack exposition in your face for like the whole episode. Yeah. And so this, this series did it kind of almost the opposite way where it's like, 
okay, we have to explain to people that might not understand any of this that there's a 2012 Loki and he's being pulled out of the timeline and all this stuff. And I think they did it pretty well, but it yeah. was a fair bit of like, this, this, variant, you're this, this, you're a variant, this is the sacred timeline. I miss minutes. <laughs> all this stuff. Yeah. And then there was a little bit of like, uh, kind of like there was a clip show or like a, like, like how you see in sitcoms or things like that where you see like past scenes or moments that you already know of because we had to because but because basically the writers they wanted to start with 2012 Loki but more like with more progress than 2012 Loki had so they I think had to show. They, they, I think yeah it's like they had to start with 2012 Loki but they wanted him to be 2018 looking yeah exactly i think it was kind of funny because it was like by the end of the episode i was like okay so he's just the loki at the end of infinity war now Mm -hmm. basically because loki 2012 he was uh in the avengers movie he was he was a bit off the off the rails oh yeah and i think it's i think they uh kind of poke fun at that a little bit in the first episode because Mobius is like looking at this clip of Loki. It's like, look at that. You're enjoying that. <laughs> You're enjoying taking his eye out of his head. <laughs> it's so true, though. It's so true. I think Owen Wilson, we'll, we can talk about him more in a minute, but he's just, I couldn't oh, yeah. believe how good casting it was. And he hasn't really done much with Tom Hiddleston, but I kind of could always tell that they had good chemistry. Oh, yeah. And Yeah, he's, he's oh, so, so good. He's so fun, and I've not seen him like in anything for a while, but he looks yeah. great. He looks great with that silver hair, though. Oh, um, he looks good. Fantastic. He looks good. He's completely evolved into uh, George Clooney, salt and pepper. <laughs> Except there's no pepper. It's just salt. It's Himalayan salt. salt. <laughs> Wait, Himalayan that would be pink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Owen Wilson with pink hair. That's what's gonna happen he, in episode four. <laughs> it's hilarious too because he doesn't. I like it when he's like, um, I don't know, not not quite like a Bill Burr with Star Wars, but he knows nothing about any of the Marvel oh, universe. Yeah. He thought Aquaman was in the Marvel universe. <laughs> and now I just want to see um, Owen Wilson on jet ski. Oh, yeah. Aquaman. That, that, better be be how the, that better be how the season ends. That better be the end credits scene. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think it's a testament to his proficiency as an actor like his work in the these three episodes so far i really liked how he they tried to unravel loki's character so much in the first episode like just going through all that footage and trying to figure out his why and it like it was weird because i thought owen wilson genuinely cared about him but Mm -hmm. then on the other hand he almost completely doesn't because he's a variant yeah he's like i can just erase you i just i'm just trying to catch this other variant Yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep. I I didn't when the church scene was in the first episode, right? Yes. In like fifteen hundred. Yes, because that's when they get the I was very thankful that the Actually, the that writer be, or the direct that might be episode two, because that's whenever they talk about the candy. No, it was the first it was the end of the first one. He finds the candy but he doesn't under, he doesn't make the connection. Oh, okay. I think. But I want to say it is. But anyway, 
like I was very thankful that the director or the writer they they have like pretty much the same two people like working every episode of the series, mm-hmm. which I really like that. Side note, but what was I going to say? Oh, they said like Mephisto will not is not in this entire series. Okay, and so but they, they showed that stained glass, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, that's like very clearly Mephisto. <laughs> I was like, "This is ridiculous." Also, what like, kind oh, of that was unintentional? I'm like, "What? What kind Bloody. of yeah? What kind of church has the devil? Yeah, up there? Yeah, it's just a casual stained glass in picture of the devil in this French church." Because well, and then I don't know why we're going down. I'm go- taking us down this rabbit hole, but that's it's fine. like they make these stained glass and art for God, right? Yeah. And someone's like, I have this great idea for one. You're going to love this priest. (laughs) Father, you're going to love this. Yeah, It's going to be, we're going to put the devil up there. Yeah. Like the only thing that like comes close would be like Sistine Chapel mural that includes demons. But it's like, they're not like in this grand kind of visual like it, it is in this show. So either... There's no way that it was an accident. Either they're just they did it just to mess with us, or it actually matters. I was like, I, I I think people are saying thinking there's like some kind of meeting in Marvel Studios where like we're gonna make everyone think it's Mephisto <laughs> for all of Phase Four. But then it's going to be gonna Howard the us. Duck. It's gonna be Howard the Duck. <laughs> Howard the Duck would be great. I know we're not gonna get him, but it'll probably it'll probably he might show up again in the next. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, I reckon. I was, that's what I was about to say. I said his most likely next appearance is in Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, I would say. Yeah. I don't know. Anything else from episode one? Honestly, um, Loki's just... Tom Hiddleston's performance was great. Yeah. I mean, he, he, bring, he just brings so much... He loves this character, and he really loves playing this character. Mm-hmm. And, like, he actually, like, like, crying at his own death and... Just showing that, like, Loki's not, he's not crazy. Right. Yeah, I think that was an important little bit where we get to watch him kind of watch the rest of his life. Um, And he finally admits that, like, I don't know, it's not even that he does, he likes hurting people as much as he has to fulfill his own destiny or character. Right. As as a Loki, yeah, and I, I thought it was funny in the first episode how, basically, I don't know if the I mean it's it's very obvious, but I don't think the TV show actually like explicitly makes the connection between like the thing that Loki wants to do and like how he describes him like being a king is exactly what he's mad at the TVA for doing. In his own life, basically. Because it's like... He he is talking about like order and control and things like that. But with him on top. And he's mad at the TVA because he feels like he doesn't have control over his own life. And so he's causing chaos or different things like that. Yeah, and I keep forgetting that he's 2012 Loki. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to put myself in his shoes. Because, right, he's just... He got beat by the Avengers. And he escapes. And he finds out that... He's not even supposed to do that. And he creates an alternate universe. And now his, his whole meaning, his whole life has no meaning. Like he's not the real Loki in a way. Right. And then, of course, there's other Lokis and stuff. So he's trying to fulfill 
I guess even more of that. I I didn't really think it was another Loki for a while. When they said it was him, I felt like it was someone trying to fake being Loki. I thought, I'm like, surely Kang would be too big of a villain to do right now. Yeah, just right off the bat. I think they are going... I think this show will help lead into Kang. We'll yeah. talk about that in theory time. But I was like, for sure, I was like, no way this is Loki. But then, of course, now we know more about Sylvie and everything. Right. Yeah, I would say I probably... I thought it was... I, I, I think I think I was operating under the assumption of it being some form of Loki, just because he was uh, they were using the enchantment power, and it's like oh that seems like something Loki would do. Uh, but, I think yeah. I feel like I'm right and wrong. Like I it is a Loki, but it, they're not trying to be a Loki anymore. Right. Well, it's really quite. It's almost weird. a different character at this point. Yeah, it's really quite weird because they even have like different origins. And like different family backgrounds and so i don't get like what like what in what way is sylvie a loki i guess is like because to me it seems like the main thing that they have in common is that they wear the the horns similar outfits yeah, yeah. and they both cause know. some kind of some kind of mischief yeah so episode two is all about trying to find Sylvie, but they don't know who she is. The variant. There's just an, there's just another episode of great scenes with Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson, with Loki and Agent Mobius. Uh, I think the salad scene is just a massive highlight. <laughs> I think yeah. that's just it's so good, and they could have done it so many more boring ways, but they wrote it that way. And then of course Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson just killed it yeah it's like no don't destroy myself <laughs> that's He's my like, one whatever i do whatever i do doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> i i like this little string string of things that uh loki does to try to explain his thoughts on something but then it doesn't work at all like so in episode two it's uh the salad and then in episode three it's love is a dagger yeah lo- but love is an imaginary dagger <laughs> Yeah, it falls apart, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait, that doesn't that doesn't make any sense, does it? It's like, nope, that was stupid. <laughs> so yeah, so episode two had a lot of fun things. I, I episode two I think is the one that really shows us like the genre of the series a bit more because it's like kind of a procedural. Yeah, <clears throat> a little bit, and it, and it's interesting because it's sort of like. Doc, of course, it's it's a little bit like Doctor Who because they're going through like space and time and things like that. Although, oh well, yeah, no, you would know I mean, more, you would know more even, about that than me. Yeah, <laughs> um, but now they're even like going beyond just Earth, and so um, so there's a lot of similarities there. But it's also like a cop show, especially in episode two, um, like a buddy cop, uh, and that was fun. It, and it's like he even says he even says the line in episode three that he's uh he's a consultant which is of course like always what they are in cop shows and things like that that. was what i was gonna say i was like it's like a um white collar yeah very much like white collar very much like white collar or or psych or anything else or like yeah 
yeah, yeah, yeah. So many shows. I feel like that must have been some kind of massive. They're like, oh, everybody loves this. Everybody do consultant cop shows <laughs> in 2000. Because I've like, I just heard about Monk. I didn't even know what that was. Oh yeah, just Monk so many. Yeah, but, I think Monk is one of the ones, one of the original. Well, actually, not the original because that would imply that it hasn't been a thing since like 90s and before. But um, yeah, so I like. I, I'm always a fan of throwing in, or not like throwing in, but like using unexpected genres for like superhero movies or for different like fantastic movies so uh kind of these meshes of genres um i'm a big fan of and so i'm excited to see how it i'm excited well obviously i'm excited to see where loki goes but i'm also excited to see how loki does as a um kind of cop drama as a uh, doctor who-esque adventure yeah, I think one of the best things of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is found in its success is the fact that it can do different genres for its characters. Like, very few of them have been stereotypical superhero movies. As much as, like, I feel like Endgame was like a cosmic time travel movie. And, I don't know, Ant-Man's a heist movie, just another example. But there's, yeah. like, this, now this is like a buddy cop, Doctor Who-esque show it's just so interesting that they came up with this great idea and they've been able to keep up the quality for so many episodes that being said i feel like episode three felt like a bottleneck episode to me really just a massive scale bottleneck episode (laughs) (laughs) like they're not stuck in one room but they didn't yeah they didn't time travel they didn't too well, yeah, much of they it were, anyway. They were all they were just stuck in the same planet the whole time. So I guess like yeah. So uh, most, like real life or not that this isn't real life, but generally bottle episodes are used as a means of like saving save, money. Yeah, saving money. That clearly wasn't the case here. No, <laughs> but it was like still kind of similar in that you were right. Like plot wise, like the. We get a bigger, we get a better understanding of Loki and Sylvie, um, but like the plot doesn't move. Like you know, we're not moving to a destination in this episode. We're just trying to stay alive. I th- I like. I've never heard of the planet Lamentus. Yeah, but clearly it was or Moon. I guess that's no Moon. Nice. Um, so. Well, it's also, so it's like a double name because the name of the episode is also Lamentous. Right. And so, I don't know who exactly is lamenting. Could be either one of them, Sylvie or Loki. Yeah. Or, yeah, that's a good point. There was an image of, from this episode in the trailer, and I think a lot of people thought it was like a post-apocalyptic Earth. And I actually think I like this better just because now they're going to other planets in the universe. Yeah. And just, it shows the, like, Isabel and I were trying to kind of figure out what was going to happen. And I was like, well, they maybe the TV is going to save them or something. But then I was like, no, because there's no way they're going to find them. Yeah, they don't know where they are. Because it's yeah. not just even all the apocalypses on Earth in time. It's the entire universe in time. Right. 
Yeah. And granted, they granted they seem to not have moved past twenty one hundred yet. Right. And well, maybe because that's not written yet. But that's uh, actually a really great point. But um, yeah. Are we moving into episode three? I guess we kind of already have. Uh, I'm, Is there anything else you wanted to say about episode two? I think it's actually my favorite. Uh, so far. Yeah, out of the three, it's probably my favorite. Um, I liked Pompeii. I wrote that down. Yeah, Pompeii was fun. Uh, going to the hurricane shelter was interesting. That actually almost really was the bottleneck episode. Not the, not the whole episode, obviously, but that they're like, oh, we can just like empty out a Amazon warehouse. Right, yeah. <laughs> and film here. And I thought that was kind of funny, but I was yeah. like, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I wasn't anticipating Sylvie's plan in episode two. I thought that it was literally just she was going to blow up like the place that she had been hanging out. Yeah, I think episode four, we're going to have to see the repercussions of that because we didn't they didn't even talk about that at all. She was just trying to get to the timekeepers. And I guess she did that just to make a distraction. Yeah, so that way there was the she fewest could, number less, of guards. guards. Yeah. yeah, but it's like you also just created a multiverse. Yeah. And you didn't seem to care about that. I like, think I feel like that would be a goal or end game plan, not just a side a distraction. Right. I was on I, I'm I think that is part of what Sylvie wants to do though. I think part of Sylvie's goal is to split the timeline. Or yeah, split the sacred timeline. This is another side note, but I do think it's interesting that they bring this premise of a sacred one sacred timeline after all of the crap they did in Endgame to yeah. make it really confusing with Captain America going back in time and all of these different side plots and all this stuff. And they're just like, oh, those are meant to happen or something. Yeah. Like they didn't try to address any of that. And I think it's at least possible that they're secretly doing like some kind of Captain America limited, like Steve Rogers limited series that he maybe he'll interact with the TV or maybe already, you know, already has quote unquote. Yeah. Anything's possible, but that'll be interesting. Um, be cool. to have like a not, not season two to this series, but it'd be like almost a prequel or sequel yeah. series connected to this with the TVA the and another character. Thing. Yeah. A spinoff. Yeah. I don't know. This feels the most likely to get a season two, but I don't really have anything going for that huh. as much as just the other two. I because Captain America, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be Captain America four. Yeah, they're not going to do another series, and then WandaVision's not going to have a sequel series either. Right. So I guess it so really just depends on what they want to do with this series. If they, because uh, it's like. It, it depends a lot on the scale that they're trying to accomplish with this one series, uh, this one season, because if the scale's too big for what they're trying to do on this one season, then it's probably just a one-off. Uh, but if they have enough like loose ends that they could fill up another season with, then I and think I think, on... the, I think the formula is there that they would yeah. Need. I think it depends too on what happens to Loki and the TVA. Right. 
Like if yeah. the TVA gets think... destroyed or something, or this variant dies. Right. And I think the way that the show is going so far, I think it's escalating at a rate where we probably shouldn't expect the TVA to be doing well at the end of the season. I don't think so either. I think it's, nah, it's that's theory territory. I'll save that right. after episode three. Did you ever see Snowpiercer? Uh, not the movie. Just clips. Yeah, not the whole thing. No. I um, I think it was when I got my wisdom teeth removed. I immediately turned it on, so I remember very little of it. Right. But it's like this train gave me a lot of Snowpiercer vibes. Yeah, like when it. they start going to the front of the train, but I just I just love Tom Hiddleston again. He's just so great, and and we learn a little more about his origins and how he learned his magic, which was of course through his mother, right, and how important she was to him too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we got to see him sing and dance. Oh, that was great. Yeah, Tom Hiddleston can sing. Yeah. I'm kind of bummed that they, there wasn't like proper lyrics to the song that he sang. Yeah, like he was singing in Asgardian, but I would have loved if, if that had even been like captioned or something. But it wasn't. It was just yeah. Asgardian singing. Yeah, I think that that is kind of a bummer. I guess I think that this. So now we can talk about this. I think that this Loki, Sylvie is now going to be Enchantress. Oh, okay. Um, because they, they've used the... When she describes her power, she only uses the word enchant. Right. And she's talking about how to do enchantments. And I they haven't... Enchantress, I guess for newbies, is kind of like... She's a foil for Thor, like a villain, but also like one of those love interests. To put in layman's terms, Batman's terms, she's kind of Batman's poison ivy for Thor, I feel like, hmm. where she just, she's got a lot of enchanting powers, kind of similar to Loki, but she's also like uh, a love interest almost but for I, Thor, I guess, among other know, things. Do you know anything about enchantresses, like origins in the comics? Not too much. Okay. Uh, that might be interesting to look into. I think they're, I think, they are going a different... I mean, this is a very different direction than whatever the comics was. True. But also... Yeah, no, the comics actually are very <laughs> informative on this issue. Uh, Her name is Sylvie in the comics. That was the only thing that I knew actually going into this claim. Yeah, so that I would I say that's probably exactly what they're doing. But I didn't know that beforehand. Yeah. This doesn't make sense. This is different than what I... I think they've retconned. Probably. I mean, Marvel's done that a lot. Because I'm reading... Because we've had Enchantress around for a long time. This seems like a new Enchantress. Because this says she got her powers in the comics from Loki after Asgard moved to... Yeah, so, I mean, Marvel does that. They. Oh, okay, this is... This is a new enchantress. There's an this is Sylvie Lushton enchantress, and there's an original Amora okay, enchantress. Sense. Oh, and I clicked this one, and this is yeah, this is classic. Enchantress. Well, there you go. 
There you um, go. So are we moved? Let's see. Are we moving into Easter eggs? Um, I yeah, we can. I did want to kind of address the the elephant in the room. I'm sure it's going to be hitting the internet a lot with um their conversation about a bit of both and princes and just Loki being, I guess, bisexual. Mm. Just that it didn't really come as a surprise to me because I think Isabel asked me at the beginning of the series. Um, it wasn't, I don't know what the question was specifically, but it was something about like Loki um, bisexualness or like gender fluidity. And I said, there's two answers to this. Like, like, is there a lo- girl Loki? I think was her question. But I was like, well, Loki kind of is a bit of both anyway in the mythology. Like he turns himself into, I don't know if it was a woman or something. And then he like, conceives and gives birth to the eight-legged horse that odin rides on as one does kind of a weird as one does you know (laughs) when they're they're feeling bored of it so loki already can take like whatever form he sort of desires right and so there's that and then there's also like variants of loki as we've seen with sylvie and so i don't really didn't really make a big deal out of it i'm not gonna we don't have to talk about it anymore but like it's not that weird for at least his yeah, character I mean, as much as like the writers really wanted to put that in which is fine i guess it's, it's not that but much it didn't of, yeah. it wasn't like a i'm with you it's, it's not, not going to yeah it's, of, it's not snapping it's not the much spine of a surprise it's just no it's not snapping the spine of the series and it, i don't yeah nothing really loki's yeah. loki so but yeah, let's get into Easter eggs. The, of course, I'm coming off of episode three, so I'm only thinking of another. <laughs> of course, yes. Um, yeah, that's that's one of the big ones, I guess. There's so many callbacks to like Loki's character too. Like, oh, you stabbed, <laughs> yeah, you literally stabbed people in the back. 50 yeah, times. I really want to see a video on YouTube or something that takes that clip and then like does a super cut of every time Loki does that <laughs> in the movies. I, I do like his counterpoint. That's like, if you could trust me on anything, I love being yeah. right. Yeah. There's a lot of interesting dynamics there where they're both kind of gaming each other, but yeah, I don't know. Well, what are some other Easter eggs? Um, uh, in, I wish I could remember more right now. Uh, this isn't really an Easter egg so much as it is kind of product placement um in the warehouse in episode two there there were some various products that you could just distinctly make out like apparently dove soap still exists in 2050 so that's good to know i guess um there's some nod there's some nods to kang might be one of the the timekeepers i think it's all possible i thought kablooey like blue i thought that might be talking about Kang, but I don't think it is. Maybe I'm just not skilled to discern what they are, but I feel like there weren't a ton of just like of moments like that in this in the series so far. Where it's like, hey look, this is a reference to such and such or Well I guess I mean the the stained glass, which we already talked about, I would say that is an Easter egg. Is because no church has a stained. Yeah, I refuse to believe that a French church has <laughs> a stained glass uh, portrait of 
the devil just for fun. I guess the the Easter egg then for me is like how ingrained this still is in the MCU, and how it's made references to the things that it should make references right. to. But I I like the fact that they can directors and writers feel like they can hop into a MCU project and still feel like they have a lot of creative yeah. liberty. I think that's interesting. Like you're not forced into a box. I think you are still to a degree, but it's still good. You want to go in theory sure. time? Let's theorize some things. So Tim uh, requested that I read this theory. This was somewhere around episode two-ish, maybe episode one-ish. Quick abrupt thoughts in the form of a theory incoming. Loki will be partly responsible for the destruction of TVA and creating the multiverse uh, war that Miss Minutes mentioned. This will lead into Doctor Strange 2. Uh, might lead a little bit into the Spidey characters movie, if that's actually a Spidey characters movie. <laughs> and what if might show glimpses of the multiverse? It will be a long lead up to Secret Wars, where the multiverse will be reunited into one universe. Uh, Tim also thinks that Kang is one of the three timekeepers. Loki will indirectly kill the other two, and then this will have this will be Kang set up. Yeah. So I would say, from based on the, some of the things that I think make the most sense out of this is um, it gives good like reason for why this theory gives good reason for why the what if series exists or will exist. It's not just completely random although if it was i think it would still be fine and like they have the freedom to do that uh but absolutely if it is the result of this divergence of multiverses then that means that you can have these what if episodes that then have like little moments that are important for the overarching story which would be nice as well uh this is random but Cole and I were texting, I guess there's going to be a what if episode where Tony ends up on Sakaar instead of really? Thor. Mm-hmm. And I think he makes some kind of makeshift Hulkbuster armor from like the scraps and stuff. And I was like, I said, I was like, oh, that'd be cool, but he's probably going to yeah. die. And I guess that, that like blew Cole's mind. But I was like, it's a what if episode. He certainly can yeah, die. That's true. At this time, you know, but I, I do think. I do think we're building very slowly to Secret Wars, mostly because the Russos said that was like they're going to come back if they do Secret mm-hmm. Wars. And I think it would be nice to give Russos like four or five years off and then they'll do big Secret Wars with everybody and their dog right. again. Maybe that maybe we won't even get an Avengers movie until then. I don't know. Yeah. It'll... I'm thinking we're going to get some kind of like young Avengers movie. Yeah, that's movie. what I was just thinking. It's like, what's going to be the next ensemble film uh, I feel like the tentpole movie of phase 4 is going to be Doctor Strange right. 2 I can't it's like it has so much writing on it now that I don't want to be disappointed or anything I just have no idea where they're right. going with this and and they, they've changed directors and rewrote it so I'm like I believe in Sam right. Raimi as you should but as I should but they got so much writing on it but the fact that also Tom Hiddleston is not, at least not confirmed or anything to be in the movie, I don't know. I think that says something also about this, the end of this series. Right. There is a, the, thank you, Instagram pointed out that Miss Minutes was talking about a Nexus event and then talked about like the multiverse. And 
it just talked about it tied that to WandaVision a being Nexus like a Nexus event. event. Yeah. So yeah, this, they're like so, using the same language, interestingly enough. Yeah. But it's also like I guess Wanda did not create a like a variant timeline by right. all of that. Yeah, everything. Yeah, it's so bizarre that the TVA would Okay, so I have a few different things that I want, that I'm thinking about and want to ask what your thoughts are. So, Go. first thing is it's I, it's really bizarre that the TVA is like fine with like the things that happen in WandaVision, but they don't anticipate Loki picking up the Tesseract and, and using it. And so it seems weird to me. It's like, oh, you weren't supposed to do that. Well, if you claim to know him as well as you did, and you claim that it's the Avengers were time traveling correctly or different things like that, or were doing what they were supposed to, and then Loki does something different. It's just weird. It's like, how, how could you not know? Um, I think it's because the TVA is not all right. powerful. Yeah. On one hand, but on the other hand, like they have all these infinity stones. Yeah, but yeah, just laying just around. Paperweights. So it's like if they're not all powerful, then why aren't you using? Why are you using infinity stones as paperweights? Maybe that's part of the facade. Maybe hiding the true nature of the TVA and the timekeepers. I think it's almost like I think it's what you're saying. Like they haven't um, unraveled that much of the timeline yet. They're probably only like a few a hundred years right. ahead of actual time. And so Loki dies in twenty eighteen. And I think they just said, you know, check mark, that's the end of this. And that whoever is, not the timekeepers even, maybe just the that one lady that's like a Owen Wilson superior. Right. Which yeah, it's his character's name. Owen Wilson. <laughs> anyway, which Mobius is superior. But I think, so then when they see in 2012, well, Avengers Endgame switching things up, they probably couldn't even address all of that. So they're just like, oh, that's all meant to be. You know, as long as they don't really right. screw it up, they'll be fine. And then Loki goes and they're like, oh, we can address this. We can we can keep this variant timeline from mm-hmm. whatever. So, And I guess Steve Rogers naturally did, had to have clipped all the branches by returning the right. Infinity Stones. So here's something that I'm curious about. Whenever they prune somebody, does that... Surely that doesn't just delete them from the timeline. Well, okay, actually, never mind. I, I The death sticks? What? Yeah, the, the death, death sticks. sticks. Uh, I, I think I answered my own question because it doesn't delete them from the timeline. It just... They don't care if the variant timelines get destroyed. In fact, that's what they're aiming to do. Um, but it's like, I guess, I don't know. This is some. I I think they say that they're like sticks that delete them from existence. But I would probably argue, especially if the timekeepers aren't what they say, that they're probably just like disintegration sticks in the. In the same vein as uh, the right. Grandmaster, except they probably don't make them. They don't yeah, make them all melty and, and stuff. Smelly goo. Oh, it's on skin my skin yeah. my feet. You did that as Owen Wilson. <laughs> oh, I did. That's not. Let's try. 
I can't channel. I've, I've listened to too much Owen Wilson now. Um, I have to rewatch Ragnarok. So I guess the way that the system works is that whenever a character does a variant action, the sacred timeline persists in which there's the timeline where the right thing, quote unquote, happens. But then they have to like travel out to go to the divergent timeline and then cut it off. Yeah, and the they actually answered that. I had a question too that Loki asked, which is like, why can't we just go before the variant was here? It's because it's in the variant in the variant timeline. It's so unstable that they have to go in right. real time. That's interesting about the timeline persisting. Maybe like they have. They can't unravel that much of the future, and so they only notice a variant timeline when the timeline persists and the right. variant is created. And so it's almost like they're following the timeline as much as they're not as, as more than they're right. creating the yeah. sacred timeline. It's, it's... The other thing we forgot to mention about episode three is that they're not created by the timekeepers. Yeah. Well, I was about I was about to get thought. into that a little bit. Um, yeah. Go but I just it. wanted to and off that last section with so the loki per the the loki the sacred timeline loki persists from the time that he takes it that from 2012 to 2018 still and so but the variant loki still operates within that timeline at least for the most part and so there's a lot of weird stuff happening there but, um, yeah, so we learned in the third episode that none of the TVA agents actually were born there or created there, but that they are variants themselves that have been... They're pretty much abducted and yeah, brainwashed. exactly. And so there's a part of me that wonders if the, the, the timekeepers... If they're not just, if if the um, trespassing of time law and things like that isn't just as incidental as it seems, and they actually are guiding or like using um, or provoking variants for their own purposes. Uh, because that's that would explain in part why it's okay that the Avengers traveled in time, but Loki didn't, because they actually just want to use Loki. That's a good point. I feel like I feel like Kang has to be involved, or it has to be alluded to. Yeah. If if the timekeepers are all three of them existing, and more or less what people say they are. I think it would be interesting if there was a story where Kang perhaps is trying to assert his dominance over the other two. Um, and so there's kind of like almost like this Roman triumvirate type thing going on where uh, oh, he's going to try for a coup for power um, and then become... If the timekeepers are still yeah, real. Yeah, that's a big if. I kind of want them to exist just because I want to see the space. Yeah, lizards. exactly. <laughs> the space lizards. Because Kang's not a space lizard. So if it's not Kang, that means they're all space <laughs> lizards. 
I want a I want a Timekeeper Space Lizard Funko Pop. That's fair. Or at least Cole does. So yeah, that was my main. That's kind of my main theory. Is just like the Timekeepers have to be dead or not real or something. Something's right. up with that, and I I think we'll learn more about that. There's a famous theory going around that the TVA is in the yeah, quantum I, realm because there's a city you see in the distance in the quantum realm. And I think, I don't want to say it's true, but that's a very yeah, There's a lot theory. of attractive things with that theory. And of course it talks about, they talk about Kang as well in that he's the main villain for Ant-Man and, sorry, Ant-Wasp and the Man 3, Quantum Mania. Mm-hmm. Which I guess that movie's going to be in the quantum realm quite a bit. Yeah. So maybe we're not even thinking about that. Movie, <laughs> actually, that actually, they're not going to go into the quantum realm at all. <laughs> it's, just it's just a fun going, title. Yeah, it's just a fun title. <laughs> the the beginning of the movie is just going to be the callback of Paul Rudd, Scott Lang saying, "Do you guys just put quantum in front of everything?" And then the title's going to yeah. pop up. <laughs> Ant Man in the Wasp, Quantum Baby. <laughs> yes. But Kang is the main villain of that, which is such a... I can't believe they're letting them do that. <laughs> I can't believe they're allowing this. Because Kang's such a... Well, yeah, like, Kang is just... It's like making Thanos the villain of Ant-Man 3. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very. It's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think they should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really weird. <laughs> He's like, eh, Iron Man's kind of screwed. Let's make Thanos the villain of Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you should challenge this guy to come to your house because he's going to kick your butt. <laughs> Seriously, he's going to stab, stab you with your own butter knife. <laughs> oh, God. I still hate this. I still think about that story. Oh, my gosh. And, oh, I did have a th- my follow-up to the Quantum Realm Theory is that... Um, that the TVA is in the dark dimension. Oh, yeah. And the end of the so the end of the season, it's gonna they're all gonna have the the black things around their face like Kaecilius. Yes. And then Doctor Strange is gonna be like, "Look at your face." <laughs> that's gonna be the end of it. And the Timekeeper is just Dormammu. Oh, okay, that's what it's. it's yeah. This has all been actually everything has been Doctor Strange one since. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, the whole time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can get behind that theory. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's very. It's got. It's got a lot of validity to it. Yeah. This is actually. I was very proud of myself for making this dumb theory that I have that I'm about to say. <laughs> so my big thing is that Tom Hiddleston is another Loki variant. Okay. And that. So we are living in an alternate timeline of the multiverse. Where Tom Hiddleston is Loki and organized the Marvel Cinematic Universe to be created so that he could portray Loki with the goal of being the most liked actor and most liked character in the MCU. Right, right. So he built and built, doing fun comic cons, kids events, other popular movies to build his success, all the way to having a valiant death for his for his character and then having his own TV series. And somewhere at the end, he'll just turn to the camera and be like, ah, it's me. And then... <laughs> He'll destroy our entire timeline. Perfect. So it's just like the last scene of the Loki TV show is going to be like, yes, hello, audience. I, Tom Hiddleston, am actually Loki and have been the whole time. You've been fooled. Yeah. (laughs) You've been bamboozled. 
Wie wenn Ben Boozled. Ja. I don't know if I can so imagine this, Loki saying Ben Boozled. I, I can. <laughs> only because Tom Hiddleston, could, he could make it happen. Yeah. I, I just think he, he really is one of, the, if not the most liked actor and character other than maybe Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans mm-hmm. because he's he's so funny outside of yeah. like the movies and the shows. I love the kids event where he's the kid, the kids are talking up Thor and how much they like Thor and something about pushing them over and he was he just pushes the kid over. <laughs> See, I could do it. It wasn't that hard. <laughs> I don't know. It's not it's <laughs> it's silly and funny, but I would love to see an army of Loki variants. <laughs> I think we're gonna see at least one more. Oh, surely. More. I think Kid Loki's gotta show up. Oh, I, I there's a theory from the V movies that I had as well that we're gonna get Kid Loki at the end of the series and he's gonna be in the MCU. I hope it's like he's hope, like. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like this variant Loki's gonna find this Kid Loki. He's going to try and set him on a better path and put him into the MCU in the present day hmm. just to cause more mischief and and also try to be the best Loki, I think, too. Right. That would be interesting. I would like that. It would probably necessitate, like... I think if that's the case, then TVA needs to be... will have to be destroyed, destroyed. or in disarray by, at the end of the... Uh, the other thing I forgot to mention, the what's his name? I don't, I don't remember his name. He's the guy. He, he was in Rise of Skywalker. He was kind of the General Hux replacement guy. The older guy. Oh yeah. What a, is it? Was he? So he's been cast in this series. Oh. In Loki. Interesting. And they haven't revealed what his character is, but a lot of people are pretty certain that he's an older variant Loki. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That we'll meet along the way. I I think it's it's pretty possible. Would, it could be one of the timekeepers yeah, as well. I would like to see an older Loki, like a Loki who's like Odin's age. Yeah. That would be interesting. Which also disproves what the sacred timeline says about Loki, which is probably, you know, mm-hmm. plausible as well. But man, I don't know. I'm very excited for episode four. I hate cliffhangers. Right. So yeah. Thanks. I'm really, really appreciate it. I, I feel like I feel like something big is going to happen in episode four. And I think I mean you could probably have said that like at the end of each of these episodes, it's like, oh something big's gonna happen in the next one. Um but I legitimately I don't know how they're going to get off that rock. Um and so Honestly those people the lamentous people had it coming. I'm gonna say it because they were like, "Oh look, we got this great arc spaceship, and we're gonna take off in 30 seconds." But also, the planet is yeah. I don't know what took like them so three long. stories above us. Where yeah, where the heck is that spaceship gonna go to get out of that? Yeah, that spaceship was gonna get crushed. Yeah, there's nothing. It didn't even yeah, because she was like, "Oh, it gets destroyed." I'm like, "Oh, maybe in the destruction of the colliding planets or something on its way out." No, it's not even gonna take off. Yeah. There is no way, but I have no idea how they're going to get out of it. I, I, uh, there's a couple of things I can imagine. Um, some of them don't make any sense at all. I think I was going to say my speculations are all not going to happen. Yeah. I think a very real, I was going to say Dr. Strange, not going to happen. <laughs> I think a very real possibility, although I think this would be taking the easy way out. And so I hope that they don't do it 
But I think a very real possibility is that they simply just get found by the TVA somehow, and then they'll explain it later. But I don't want that to be, like, the go-to, because that means that, I mean, there, there wasn't ever really any danger. Um, I, don't, I don't think that will happen, just because there's no way they'd be found. Yeah, well, I, there would have to be some kind of explanation, because the, you're right, it would... It was, Impossible. There's a reason. There'd be a serious amount of explanation. Yeah. And there's a reason why uh, Sylvie's been hiding in those places because they're undetectable. So, yeah. Um, apart from that, uh, I'm thinking that there's. While I haven't thought Doctor Strange per se, uh, I'm guessing that there's going to be somebody who steps in and saves them, who's like super powerful. Someone else with a temp pad, maybe. Also, maybe, but yeah, maybe it's a powerful character that can just do it, like Doctor Strange could, right? Or if, or even another. But can he do it? Can Doctor Strange do it without? I think he needs the the Eye of Agamotto, the Time Stone. Perhaps because certainly he could just certainly he could just go to Lamentus One in the present day, but he can't travel through time without. Right. I don't know if he can travel time through time without the Time Stone. Yeah, no, I think you're right with that. But, but another Doctor Strange could. Yeah, exactly. There, there could. Oh, but he's but Benedict Cumberbatch is so expensive. That's why I'm like, none of this is going to happen. Right. In a Loki series, I thought he was going to show up all of WandaVision, and I I should have been smarter because I was like, there's no way. Yeah, I think it's going it's to be like, a as of yet unseen character. Yeah, some kind of variant or character that we just haven't seen yet that has that ability. Could be a Loki variant. Maybe that's how they. That'd be hilarious. They do it. I just want another Tom. I want another Tom Hiddleston Loki variant. I I, I would also. I want buff Loki. Did you see the Lokis that were passing <laughs> thick, by? I think the word. I think the the correct term is a uh, thick Loki. <laughs> yeah, but his arms are what's thick. <laughs> yes, it's like thicker than his. I want to see the uh, the Olympic gold medalist Loki. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. That was like it was funny how photoshopped those were though. Yeah, it was pretty silly. Like they didn't look, they didn't. Yeah, they were very silly. Yeah, like some of them. Yeah, of some of them looked kind of like as though they were fan done or like something you'd see on DeviantArt or something. Yeah, because like YouTube was like freeze framing those, and I was like, "Don't freeze frame these. <laughs> we don't need to see these. We don't need to see these that close. They didn't want us they, to." Yeah, clearly. it was not their intention that we should stop and look at these. <laughs> Last thing I wanted to say, the score is so good. Oh yeah, I I actually the music that. is by is so good, and it's all like, Wandavision was really good because they managed to put different themes into different dramas but also it was kind of like we had eight different themes for the show right in a way and then of course you know fucking winter soldiers just that classic kind of captain america winter soldier type theme but this is like we have one great theme that keeps being used over and over and it keeps being used in different ways and oh it's just so good it's awesome I'm going to do the outro now. Do it. Thank you guys so much for listening to Marvel Monthly. 
Next Friday, we're going to be doing a new Timelines for Dummies is coming back. We're doing the, Cole and I did the X-Men timeline. So get excited for that. Next Marvel Monthly, we'll be talking about Black Widow. I know, the famous movie that actually exists. And uh, Loki 4 through 6. And Luke will be back to talk about those. Luke, thanks for coming on. Yeah, glad to do it. Excited. I, sh- I was gonna make a, you know, I was gonna make a Lukey joke at the beginning of this, and I never did. Oh, well, I was gonna say I was gonna call you Lukey the whole episode. Too bad, but then I didn't. Too bad you never did that. Too bad. And now nobody will ever too bad. know. Too bad. So sad. <laughs> and uh, all those things that you think are gonna happen in the next few episodes, we think that too. <laughs> so just wanted Every to throw that out there. Them. Every single one of them. Whatever you think is gonna happen in the show is, 